Today we're going to be talking about Please Don't Go from Fulfilling His First Finale, released on the 22nd of July 1974, three years before I was born, uh, to the day. Uh, on the track we have Stevie Wonder on pretty much everything, although of course uh, mostly the drums, um, and there's also some hand claps in here, we've got the Fender, we've got the piano, we've got the Moog. Um, on acoustic guitar, although I can't really hear it, is Michael Cimbello, of course at this point uh, merely a teenager. Uh, we have Shirley Brewer and Denise Williams giving us some background vocals, and then also The Persuasions um, giving us background vocals as well. Uh, one of the many uh, kind of all-male groups that Stevie just invites on to be backing vocalists. Previously it was the Jackson 5, in the future it would be Boys to Men, but for this particular moment it's The Persuasions. The track is 4 minutes and 7, and joining me to talk about today is Victor Azevedo. Hello, Victor. Hey, Darren. Yeah, so uh, this is the end of Fafelina's first finale. You would say it is the first finale of Fafelina's first finale. And I I mean, I think uh, it's a, I would say it's a kind of fairly low-key kind of finish to the album. Like, it's not as big of a finish as um you know kind of some stuff from the previous couple of albums mm. um you know if you think about obviously you know the previous album finished with um you know he's mr know-it-all you know that's that's kind of uh quite a kind of big finish to that album um you know obviously talking book finishes with you know just kind of the amazing i believe when i fall yeah. in love with me forever mm-hmm. um you know uh even kind of music on my mind finishes with um uh with evil you know again kind of you know these are all kind of really big songs um, you know, I don't know that you could ever say that um, that songs in the key of life finishes with anything because there's like each of those sides are so kind of big in themselves. Um, but you know, it, it, and also another star is such a weird finish to that album. It's <laughs> like a, uh, you know nine minute disco song. Um, but uh, yeah, so you know, like this is kind of I would say the kind out of these this run of albums, I'd say this is kind of the most low key kind of. Uh, finish. I'd even say that Creepin', which is obviously, you know, the, the end of the first side, is a yeah. bit more like you would kind of expect as like a, a kind of final song. Um, but at the same time, I think the sentiment that's in here, um, you know, of like, please don't go, I think is an interesting way to end an album because it's almost like Stevie is kind of saying to the listener, please don't go. Hmm. Um, but then he's also more importantly saying probably to his then girlfriend, who I think at the time of recording this album was pregnant with their first daughter who would of course end up featuring on uh, isn't she lovely um i i think maybe he's kind of it feels like they've kind of had an argument or something and this is the kind of you know yep. the, the kind of the song to try and get back together with her or try and appeal to her not to go yeah um and i i love as well how kind of it has a lot of the kind of the imagery that I I mean at this point like they're kind of I don't know, kind of big cliches like yep. you know I'll break down and cry a river of tears like yes. um, you know obviously many years later Justin Timberlake obviously kind of had a song <laughs> called Cry Me a River so it's like it, you know like kind of the whole idea of of kind of crying a river of tears is, is yep. a bit of a cliche um, and 
as it gets towards the end, after we go to the kind of key change, uh, where it kind of modulates a bit, uh, we then have just the kind of um, the kind of classic Stevie outro, which is just the chorus kind of repeated over and over again, which is, you know, don't go, baby, please don't go, (laughs) kind of repeated over and over. And then in between the little kind of bits of Stevie talk where he's kind of like, you know, uh, don't get on that A train, you know, hear me crying, you know, (laughs) crying for your love in the midnight hour, which obviously, you know, is I'm guessing calling back to the the kind of the the Wilson Pickett song. And so like, he's just kind of the the kind of that, that kind of overlaid kind of outro thing. Um, and I would say the weirdest thing about this song is probably the fact that it is driven mostly by the drums. Um, when when you kind of go to the um, the choruses, you have this kind of um, syncopated beat that it kind of falls into, um, and and then kind of for the verses it kind of sticks back to the four four. But then it kind of again for kind of the pre-chorus and the chorus, it kind of goes into this. Yeah. you know this kind of syncopation yeah. um and it's it's kind of very much driven by the drums more than i would say the kind of vocal performance mm. um and of course you know roughly kind of a couple of minutes in we get a harmonica solo as well so it's basically kind of every at this point every stevie cliche kind of thrown in yeah. there um you know he's feeling heartbroken um you know he's got this kind of big outro you know he's got the, yeah. the kind of you know shirley and denise coming in to do some kind of backing vocals yeah um, of course, I find it interesting that, you know, later on, Denise Williams does, you know, Let's Hear It For The Boys, yep. uh, which is in uh, Footloose, I think. Um, yep. And obviously, yep. Michael Sembello will do Maniac, which is in Flashdance, obviously, both kind of big hits in like 84, 85. Yep. Um, so it's it's weird that you kind of like almost a decade earlier, you've got people who will be kind of very influential in terms of like, you know, writing hit songs, yep. um, particularly for films. Um just kind of doing backing vocals for Stevie and doing guitar for Stevie. Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, the Persuasions are doing backing vocals. And um, they they were kind of like a, a Brooklyn-based a cappella group um, who were kind of known... I, I mean, I, I, I think probably most people will know them for um, uh, the, the song um, Papa Umama, which uh, features in uh, E.T., um, they did like a version of that song and it features in that album, uh, in that film. And I think that gave, gave them a little bit of a renaissance in the 80s. Um, <laughs> it's interesting because, you know, the five members of uh, the Persuasions, um, most most of them um, are now dead. Um, oh. You know, Herbert Road died in 1988. Uh, more recently, uh, Joseph uh, Russell died in 2012. Um, Jimmy Hayes died in 2017, and uh, just this year, a few a few months ago, uh, Jerry Lawson, who's kind of one of the founding members and the main kind of arranger for them, um, he died uh, on July 10th, 2019, uh, which leaves just a uh, little J. Otis Washington uh, as the only surviving member. Um, and they were all pretty much born around the same time as well. Uh, yeah. Interestingly, from from 1939 to 1945, so oh. the span of the Second World War, they were pretty much all born during that time. Um, and they all kind of had, um, you know, other jobs before they kind of became the Persuasions, mm. uh, including a shoe salesman, a butcher. Um, <laughs> Jimmy Hayes was an elevator operator, so obviously, you know, yeah. that kind of <laughs> shows yeah. um, kind of the time that they grew up in. Um, and little Jay, Jay Otis Washington was a, a former plumber, so I'm guessing he's probably gone back to that, given that he's now the only kind of um, yeah. surviving member. Uh, but it's interesting that Stevie just has them in the background. <laughs> like, yeah. This very prestigious, and this is not, this is, these are not a group who had only just started. 
Um, you know, by the time we get to 1974, um, they had released like six or seven fairly successful albums. Um, you know, and and so it's it's kind of it's kind of weird that like Stevie's like, oh, just come and do some kind of background singing. Although saying that they had kind of guest, you know, they'd kind of been background singers for like a number of different artists before this, yeah. and they would go and do that for a number of other artists, including you know Joni Mitchell and the, the Neville Brothers after this. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's kind of it's kind of weird that Stevie does this to um, to like male vocal groups. He's like, just get in the back and do some background singing while I do all the stuff up front. Oh. Um, you know, and uh, yeah. So I don't. Know. I mean, I the thing is, I think this is like I say, it's a kind of low key finish to the album. But it's it's all the kind of Stevie cliches that I think at this point we've kind of grown to love. Yeah, because you let the harmonica. Like the, if you think Stevie Wonder, you think that harmonica is coming in. That's that's what you hear. And you're talking about the growl earlier. He does that as well. But as I said, it's it's really weird because the lyrics at one stage kind of changes because it goes from him pleading for her not to leave and then all of a sudden there's a line that says, don't leave Steve. It's like, hold on, did you switch the focus? Is it she, Now she's talking, not him and stuff like that. But it's just very simplistic. It's like, I don't know. I don't know about this song. It's like kind of, I like it, but I don't love it. Because I just think it's just a bit, it's just a bit light for me. I don't know. Maybe because we did, you know, the song we just did before, which is this amazing, incredible song, and this is kind of a bit of a letdown from there. But it's just like, yeah, it's like it goes on, like it goes on a little bit too long. But as I said, I don't mind the song, but I wouldn't give it a high rating. That's for sure. It's definitely not getting a seven. That's for sure. Not for me anyway. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, th- I think like obviously, uh, like the, the kind of the, the sentiment that's in the opening is, you know, him just saying, "If you go, I'll be sad and blue." Yeah. Um, you know, so I say, no, no, don't go away, and then yeah. you know, like, if you should leave, my poor heart would grieve. Like again. Uh, this is something that you know we found when Stevie just writes stuff by himself. Is he kind of sticks to very simple rhymes? Yeah. Uh, I think knowing that his vocal performance is normally the thing that will sell a song, um, you know, and the kind of you know if you should go, I'll be sad and blue. You know, like kind of uh, the kind of obvious stuff. Um, but I do like as we were in the outro when he does say stuff like "Don't get on that A train." Like obviously, you know, Stevie had been mostly recording in New York. Mm. Um, so it kind of makes sense that he would throw in like a, a reference to the the kind of the New York subway. Yeah. And yeah, when he's like, please don't <laughs> don't leave Steve. <laughs> I think he's saying, don't, you know, don't don't like don't leave me. Like like kind of he's referring to himself in the third person there, and then getting it to rhyme with my poor heart would grieve. Um, you know, but I, I I mean I I like the kind of the modulation and um, you know I like the kind of the backing vocals. Uh, like I say, it, the most of the song is kind of on this groove that kind of you know is is kind of mostly simple, and then it kind of it kind of hits these kind of syncopations, and then it it kind of goes back to the main groove. And I think you know, like I said, for for the final for the final song of a of an album, it is a little bit kind of low key, yeah. um, you know, compared to some of the other songs that we've had. I mean, I'm gonna say still five out of five because I still really love the kind of vocal performance of it. Um, but I would say it's probably not as strong as, you know, some of the other songs on this album. But then this album is, you know, probably like 10 very good songs one after the other. And it's kind of, it's very hard, you know. Yeah. Like, it, I, I don't know that they kind of, I, I don't know there's any other artists that have kind of matched this level of performance, you know, on any albums. Yeah. And this is like the third album that he's done you know, in this time period where he's he's kind of doing this. And this is also like, 
one of two albums he released this year because he also did Stevie Wonder Presents Cyrita. Um, so this isn't even like the, this is only half of what he put out in 1974. Yeah. So th- like obviously this album is released like a year after he had his car crash, and that's even depicted on the cover art. You know, like <laughs> so, um, you know he like he's kind of basically like you know eleven months before this he released an album, um, and then he you know also he re- you know he released um, you know uh, you haven't done nothing and you know Richard Nixon resigns like. A month after this album came out so yeah. um you know it's i don't know it's it's it feels like it's kind of a bit of a, a low-key finish to this particular run of albums mm. and then obviously we have like a year off before we get songs in the key of life yeah um you know not the stevie took a year off um he basically after this album came out he ended up touring it for a, you know almost a year um so he didn't he didn't like take a year off to record songs in the key of life he just basically in hotel rooms and various other places kind of came up with songs as he was going and then put them together and and you know recorded them uh, as he went and turned it into songs in the key of life so you know it's not like he he kind of slacked off for a year but uh, no. you know <laughs> as as with prince after 1999 he he took a break yeah. Um, you know, and again, Prince Prince didn't do nothing in 1983. You know, he spent a lot of time doing other things. Yeah. Um, and Stevie didn't do nothing in 1975. He spent a lot of time doing a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I don't know. This is uh, for me. I think it's a bit of a low key finish to the album, but I'd still say a five out of five. It's still like a really good song, and just I think the drums as well. Like, and and that's probably like this. That's not somebody else playing drums. That's Stevie Wonder playing yeah. drums yeah. and playing that kind of very tight groove and doing the kind of syncopation and everything, yeah. and then on top of that, singing everything over the top. So yeah. you know, yeah, the the drum, the him being a drummer just freaks me out. I don't know why. It's just I just like. I, like I'm, I'm fully sighted, and I kind of think, how can I drum with like with a, sight, a sense of sight? And you can do it blind. It's just incredible. Look, uh, we kind of mentioned a little earlier. The song is a bit, you know, a little slight, little low key. That's why I'm going to give it like a three and a half, maybe a four. But as, as I said, because it's so low key, it's kind of like this, like the sliding the scale for a Stevie Wonder song is pretty big. So. Like to get a five or above five is it's gotta be in a, you know you gotta kind of dole them out so definitely like a three and a half for me, Darren, for this one. Well then, let's go to plugs. Is there anything that you wish to plug, Victor? Uh, there's nothing for me to plug, Darren. Okay, well for this you can find us on Twitter at Stevie Y Wonder. Thanks for being my guest here today, Victor. Uh, thanks, Darren. And otherwise, please don't.